Welcome to The Connected Podcast. This is Simon, Hannah and Lydia. We're three friends from the UK and beyond discussing how the Bible connects to life as a teen today. Stick around for hilarious banter, Bible talk, topics you want to hear about and people you can relate to and plenty of random (laughs) goings-ons. Real talk though, we want you to be equipped with biblical truth and boldness to go out into the world and to be grounded in your faith. Quick note, you'll notice that Daryl is not with us today. So he, sad. Sad day. We miss Daryl. He is away working. Um, he is also possibly away for a run on his camel. Yeah, feeding his camels. Anything is Racing possible with Daryl. camels. Racing his camels. Or finding oil and guitar. Any of these things is possible. Any of them. You can still find Daryl uh, on our social media pages, though. Uh, so go and check those out. And he will be back with us later in this season. So each Friday, uh, as we've mentioned before, we'll be doing a Bible study on our podcast. It may or may not relate to the topics we've been discussing on Mondays, but we'll do our best to point out the connecting points wherever they are. Mostly, though, we want to see what God has to say in his word. We'll use a Bible study method called the inductive method to really dig into scripture. In the inductive method, we use different questions to look at God's word and to see the original meaning, as well as ways it connects to our lives. We encourage you to use this method on your own too. At the end of each Bible study episode, we'll give a suggestion of some passages you can go away and study for yourself. We'll have a discussion uh, going on on social media too. So we can connect and discuss more uh, about what God is teaching us through his word. For now though, we're going to start uh, by diving into the book of James. So it's the book of James for our first Bible study. And we're just starting at the very beginning. Always a good place to start. James chapter 1 and verse number 1. And the first question we want to ask as we read uh, this verse is, what does it say Lydia can you tell us what it says maybe you could read that out first yeah it's a great question Simon uh yeah so I'll just read James chapter 1 and verse 1 James a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion greetings So when we're asking the question, what does it say? It's a pretty simple part of of the study. We really just want to look at from a really high level, what are the things that we see that the Bible says? Um, So imagine that we are in a plane um, flying and we're going to land into Paris. So I'm going to be using this illustration throughout as we talk about how to study the Bible. So this first bit is we're way up in the air and we can see tiny wee things at the bottom and we can kind of tell that it's Paris, but we can't really see too many details just yet. Um, And that is kind of where we're looking at the Bible just now. We're way high up in the air, just looking at kind of the main landmarks from way high up and seeing what does it say? What can we see from way high up? So what does it say? What can we see from way high up in the air? And we can see that James wrote the book. We can see that James, he says that he is a servant of God. It's another thing that we can see from way high up. Um, We can see that he wrote to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, whatever that means. We'll talk about that in a bit later. And then it says greeting. So James is saying, hi, hello, this is me. (laughs) Hi, James. (laughs) Hi, James. So we see that James is a letter. 
Um, you may have heard the word epistle in church. And that's just what it means. Epistle means letter. And you'll read other epistles in the New Testament and you'll see similar openings. So when Paul opens um, his letters, he often says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to whoever he's writing to, um, grace and peace. So this is a similar way that, that James opens his letter. So we know that back in, in that day and in that culture, when you're writing a letter, instead of writing your name at the end, like we would do, they would write their name at the beginning. So if I was writing a letter at the end, I would put yours truly, Lydia. Whereas if I was writing a letter back in James's day, I would say, Lydia, and whatever, whatever. I don't know. I'd have to think about what I would do that and how I would do that better. Um, so that's, what does it say? So what does it mean? Um, and that brings us back to our airplane. So as we're thinking about what does it say, we haven't come to the point of landing yet. But as we come to what does it mean? then we are just slowly starting our descent. So if we think of we're coming down into Paris, suddenly we can maybe see the Eiffel Tower with a bit more clarity. We can see the river there. We can see some of the, the museums from the plane. Um, and you're starting to see things the way that the people who live there may be seeing them. Um, and that's something that we really want to focus on and look at what does it mean, is what does this mean to the original audience so remember when, when God wrote the Bible through human beings, these human beings were writing to other human beings who were living back in that day. And we always want to look at it through their eyes before we start to look at it through our eyes. So we're going to look at some of the history and some of the, the meanings of the words. And we're going to see how does it fit in with the rest of the Bible. So what does it mean? So if you are a history nerd, then you should be getting very excited because we are about to cover some great historical facts here with the book of James. If you're not a history nerd, don't let that turn you off from studying the Bible. Um, there's going to be a lot more that we're looking at here. But as a side note as well, like history is pretty awesome and you can learn History's so many the best. things. It is. It yeah. really is. You should love history if you don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to deny that sometimes... I watch histor historical documentaries for fun. So there you, there go. you go. Not ashamed of that. Um, <laughs> Simon was going to say something there. Nerd. <laughs> Rude. But <laughs> the big point of this is not to show how nerdy you are with how many facts you can report on James. Uh, the big point of this is to, like Lydia said, help us understand what this means um, in the Bible. And the big word for that is context. This was something my dad was always driving home to me and my sisters when we were growing up. He said context is the most important thing uh, to read for, for reading the Bible. So the first thing is historical context. Now we're going to help you fill in some of those details for you. Again, don't be overwhelmed if when you're studying the Bible for yourself, you don't know all these details. You don't know how to find all these details. That's all right. Um, you don't have to spend hours every time you sit down <laughs> to study the Bible. Um, but it is good to know some of these things. So we're going to try and fill in some of those details for you each week with the different passages we study. But we'll also have some resources that you can check out on our social media page. Um, and so go there and see what you can find uh, that we would recommend for helping you with filling in some of those little historical details that'll help you kind of understand maybe where the author is coming from. 
But another thing about context is not just the historical context, but also the biblical context, because each book of the Bible is written in the context of the whole Bible. Uh, So we need to take into account all of the Bible when we're reading any passage in the Bible, which maybe seems overwhelming. Maybe this is the first time you've read your Bible and you're just thinking, I haven't read any other part of the Bible. How can I do that? Um, So that's something we want to help you with. But also another thing that can be super helpful for you with that, if you've never read any other part of the Bible, is looking at cross-references, which if you're thinking, oh my goodness, what is that? Uh, A cross-reference is basically a little note at the bottom of most Bibles would have this. um, And it just gives you another verse that that verse maybe connects to in some way. A lot of times this is noted just by a little letter next to a word in a verse um, or maybe a little star or something like that or a number. So you can look at the bottom of your Bible page there and see how that maybe connects to other parts of the Bible story and what God is saying as a whole in the whole of the Bible. So let's go ahead and dive in. Who was James? Who was this guy? Well, most people believe that the author of the book of James is James. That would make sense since he says his name here. Um, But it's James, the half-brother of Jesus, is who they think he was. And we say half because Jesus obviously didn't have an earthly father. It wasn't Joseph. We know that Jesus' father was God himself. Um, And you can even read about this in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, which I'm not going to read just for time's sake, but or. Um, And I'll give some other references, we all will, um, that we may not all read, but you can write them down for yourself and look them up for yourself later or even push pause and look them up right now. So that's Mark chapter 6, verse 3. And we also know a bit more about James when we read other parts of the Bible. We find out that James, the half-brother of Jesus, would have doubted who Jesus was. In Mark chapter 3, verse 21 and 31, part of that verse says when his family heard it, James would have been included in that, they went out to seize him or to grab him for they were saying he is out of his mind. They thought he was crazy. Um, And then in John chapter 7, verse 5, they say for not even his brothers believed in him. James didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And you would probably be the same. If your brother went around saying that he was God, you would probably think they were nuts. (laughs) I would want to throw him in a mental institution. Yeah. Yeah. If my sister said that, I would, I would seriously stare at them. Um, So we, we wouldn't know what to do with that. Um, But Obviously, things changed for James because James went from somebody who thought his brother was nuts because he was saying the son of God to somebody who believed his brother was God the son. So what changed this for James? And we find that that was the resurrection, Jesus coming back to life like he said he would and like God promised he would um, from the beginning of the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7, it says, Then he, meaning Jesus, appeared to James. And if we read a few verses prior to that, it's the classic Sunday school verses you probably heard if you grew up in church um, that say uh, that Jesus died for our sins or that he died and that he rose again um, and that he was buried. So it's talking about all this. And then Jesus is appearing to all these different disciples. And one of them was James. And then the next place we find James after the resurrection, after Jesus has come back to life, 
is in Acts when he's in that upper room and they're praying and they're waiting for God to send God the Holy Spirit. And that's in Acts chapter 1 verses 13 and 14. And then we also find from later in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 15, verse 13, that James was one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem for a time. So James's life has totally changed when we start out reading about him in the Gospels and then continue to read about him throughout the New Testament. So James has had quite a transformation, and we can see that a little bit more about him and who he was. Yeah, this James guy is an interesting character, for sure. Um, Another thing we note uh, that the first verse actually says here is James calls himself a servant of God and of Jesus. And that's very interesting because he does not identify himself as Jesus's brother, which you would think you would want to do that. I know if I was Jesus's brother, I'd be like, hey, you know Jesus is my brother, right? So that's why I would, I would totally be playing that up because it's pretty cool. Um, particularly, as Hannah's very helpfully there pointed out to us, like how James got to that point where he did trust in the Lord Jesus. So that was exciting. But what this really shows us is the humility uh, of James, okay? He understood uh, who Jesus really was and who Jesus really is. Um James understood that he was more than his brother uh, or that he wasn't just some ordinary human. James understood that Jesus, yes, he was his half-brother, but Jesus is God. Um, and that was the big, that was another big thing that James come, came to understand. Um, so this shows a massive change in James's life. Uh, we've already saw in the books of Mark and John that Jesus' brothers, including James himself, thought Jesus was crazy at first. Um, And then we see that he misunderstood what Jesus had come to do. But here, we see James calling himself Jesus's servant. We We see that Jesus's death and resurrection had a massive impact on him. He had been changed from the inside out. It doesn't Uh, It doesn't happen too long after Jesus has risen from the dead and gone back to heaven. And this is confirmed because historically, scholars believe that James is one of the first books in the New Testament to be written. And the reason why that's important then is this is how big a change it was in James's life. He was changed so radically that within just a a few short years, really, uh, he is under the inspiration of God uh, writing this epistle that we are reading today and just a reminder there epistle is another word for letter so just in case you know you're getting... i like the word epistle it's <laughs> cooler and makes me sound very intelligent simon likes his big words so we have already looked at who james was um and uh who what he means when he says he's a servant of god and what these different things mean let's look at the next bit that says uh the 12 tribes so unlike a lot of the other letters and epistles if you're simon or certain versions of the bible epistles um that are addressed in the bible James is a wee bit different because a lot of the other ones are addressed to a specific group of people and a specific place. One example, Book of Philippians. If you look there, it's talking to the church that is at Philippi. Um, So he's talking to a specific people at a specific place. 
But James is a wee bit different because he's talking to a specific people, yes, but they're all over the place. They're not just in one location because he says, first of all, the 12 tribes. Now, if you are new to the Bible, um, this is talking about the Jews. In the Old Testament, there's this guy named Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons, and which that's a lot of kids, uh, but 12 sons. That's each a lot of sons. Yeah. Like, Oof. how did he remember he all their birthdays? That many brothers? Yeah. And he does Goodness have at me. least one daughter that we know of as well. So 13 kids. It's a lot. Oof. One daughter and all girl and all boys. That's rough. Yeah, it is. I know. I always felt bad for her. Uh, but these 12 sons um, go on to be who God has chosen to be the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, so throughout the rest of the Bible, we read about these 12 tribes of Israel and a big thing in their culture was to know what tribe you were from. So an example would be Jesus. He came from the tribe of Judah and that was who God had promised the Messiah would come from, from the tribe of Judah. James obviously would have been a part of the tribe of Judah as well, because that's who his mom was part of. Another famous tribe that you'd probably read about would be, uh, the tribe of Benjamin, Paul was a part of the tribe of Benjamin, and he lists this. And another big one would be the tribe of Levi. Uh, the Levites were in charge of worship at the temple um, and in charge of everything there. So there's 12 of these different tribes, and James is talking to them. But he gets even more specific because James wasn't just writing to the Jews or the 12 tribes. He was writing to a specific part of those Jews. He was writing to those Jews who were now Christians, who had seen and believed what Jesus said and did and knew that it was true. They believed that Jesus was God the Son, that he came, died on the cross for our sins, and came back to life. And how do we know that James is talking to Jewish Christians here? Because he doesn't say to the 12 tribes who are Christians in the dispersion. How do we know that? Well, we know this because, first of all, James was a Christian, so he was writing to other believers. And we also know he was writing to other believers because in at least 19 different places in this book, he addresses the readers as brethren or brothers. And when you look at the original language the Bible was written in, that word there isn't just talking about the men. It's, it's a generic term. It means both like men and women. And we see that in the Bible and even today, a lot of times we refer to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ because we're all a part of the family of God if you are a Christian. And so these are big indicators to us um, that James wasn't just writing to the Jews, but James was writing to fellow Christians, fellow believers who were Jewish just like he was. So uh, Hannah, quick question. Yeah. Um, there's one word in there, the next bit that's it says that they were dispersed. So, so what does what does that mean? <laughs> that is a good question. Um, so, if you're a word nerd like me, um, I'm a history nerd and a word nerd. This is getting Same. kind of embarrassing. You're just so smart and wonderful. I don't know if I'm smart or I just <laughs> like looking up random things. Um, but so dispersed, um, or maybe in some of your Bibles, it might say scattered. And that could be talking about two different things. So James is talking to Jews. He's talking to Jewish Christians. And he's talking to Jewish Christians who have been dispersed or scattered. 
Obviously, I think most of you guys know what scattered means, um, but it could mean two possibilities for here. It could talk about those Jewish Christians who've been scattered outside of Israel and that they've chosen to live outside of Israel at that time. Um, there were Jews and people living all over the place um, in kind of like Europe, Middle East. They would have, could have been in Greece. They could have been in Italy. They could have been in other Middle Eastern parts of the world. Um, so it could just be a generic to all the Jewish Christians who are living everywhere right? Or the second possibility is it could be those who had been scattered or dispersed because of persecution. Um, at the time that James was writing and most of the New Testament epistles or letters after the Gospels, which is the first four books talking about the life of Jesus, um, Jews were or Christians were under a lot of persecution and specifically from the religious Jews, those who had refused to accept that Jesus was the Messiah, God the Son. And we can read about the first real episode of persecution in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. It's here that we're introduced to the Apostle Paul for the first time. Um, he was a big persecutor of the Christians before he came to believe in the Lord Jesus. And by persecuted, we don't just mean that they had like mean things said about them or maybe even that they lost their jobs, which is terrible in and of itself. But these people were actually being hunted down put in prison and killed a lot of times. And we see even today, there's still a lot of persecution of Christians all around the world. You may have even heard some of the uh, some about it in recent news stories in the last couple of months as well. Um, but Stephen was the first Christian we read about who was actually killed for believing in Jesus. Um, and he was stoned to death. So this was a big deal. It was a really scary time for Christians at this point. And because of this persecution, a lot of Jews um, who, who were Christians were running away to different parts of the world where it was maybe safer, where there weren't as many people hunting them down. And so that's why they were called scattered. They were all over the place um, because of what was going on. It's a lot of really, really helpful information. Thanks, Simon and Hannah, for, for um, laying that all out for us. Um, so we think back again to the plane that we've been in this whole episode. We started way up at the top um, with what does it say? We just started our landing with what does it mean and thinking about what does it mean to the people who first read this letter? And now we are landing the plane. So we're thinking about what is God saying to me? So for again, think about we're in Paris again and the plane has hit the ground. It was a smooth landing and we've, we're out of the airport and now we don't just see the Eiffel Tower from above. We're at ground zero and we can see it with our own eyes straight in front of us. We don't just see the river from up above, but we're feeling the breeze come off the river. We're not just seeing all the way cafes and coffee shops. We're actually eating a croissant and drinking amazing Parisian coffee. Sounds fantastic. I know I'm making myself hungry. I really <laughs> want to go to Paris. Um, but now it's not just that we're seeing Paris, but Paris is affecting us. We can see it and we can smell it and we can taste it. And depending on who you are, that might affect you differently. Now Paris is Paris is Paris is Paris. There's no changing of what Paris is. But for me, when I go to Paris, I'm sure I get really excited because I love being in new places, eating new things, hearing languages that are not my own. That really gets me excited. But there might be another person who land them in the middle of Paris and they'd be really stressed and full of anxiety because that's not their thing. And so it's a similar thing when we read the Bible. So the Bible says what the Bible says, full stop. 
what we just heard about what the Bible um, says and what it means, that does not change no matter who you are, no matter where you're living. But depending on who you are, the personality that God has given you and the situations in which you live, it will affect how God's word applies to you. It affect how it changes you. Um, for one person, a passage might bring a lot of comfort and joy and it may cause them to worship God. But for another person, that exact same passage might bring them a lot of sadness because it convicts them of sin. So when we get to this part of what does it mean, um, we want to look at what the Bible means to me. But we want to be really careful about that. Now, we're not going to twist scripture to make it say something that we want it to say. Instead, we want to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to allow his word to affect us So how does God's word affect you today? How does it affect me today? How will this change my life? How does this comfort me? How does this challenge me? Um, What is God telling me to do? So let's take a look at that. Um, What is God saying to me? Yeah, that's really helpful, Lydia, and really helpful illustrations there as well. Um, so yeah, what is God telling me to do? That's our last question really here. Um, so it could be to, and maybe if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, you've never, maybe you don't know what the gospel is. Maybe a lot of what we've talked about today doesn't make a lot of sense, but hopefully as we've looked a little bit at James's life, uh, maybe God is, Uh, asking you to repent from your sin. Um, We saw that James doubted that he didn't believe who Jesus was. Maybe you don't believe who Jesus was, but you know, the first thing that God is asking you to do um, is to repent and to repent simply means to, to, to stop going the way, the direction you're going and to turn right around and to to go the opposite direction. And in biblical terms, it means to stop following your own way, to stop following sin and to turn to God and to follow him and to follow the ways that he has laid out. To turn to Christ, essentially, uh, for salvation. And to realize that it's only to be found in him. The second thing that God might be asking you to do is to worship. Um, we we see again the transformation in uh, James's life. Uh, and really, how when we encounter Jesus, when he saves us from our sin, when we understand that and and we're changed as James was from the inside out that leads us to worship because for the first time we realize and understand who he is and who God is uh, and so we want to worship him for who he is and for what he has done for us and then maybe another thing is maybe then slowly over time God wants us to change our attitude and to change how we view uh, life and to understand that actually if we have come to trust in the Lord Jesus, so maybe if you're a Christian, if you've come to trust in the Lord Jesus, remember that uh, God wants and is working in your life every day uh, and that he wants to make you more like Christ. But remember also that your life is not your own anymore, that you are here to bring glory to him and to live for the Lord Jesus. So that's uh, as we wrap up uh, some of these first thoughts on the book of James. Let's do a little round the table discussion is what we're calling this little part. And we're just going to ask each of ourselves here. Uh, and if you're listening to this, you can obviously do this along with us and just ask ourselves, what application uh, do you guys take from this? So we're just going to go around here. So Lydia, what application do you yourself take from this? 
Yeah, I love reading this, even just one verse and seeing how James wrote specifically to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. I think that's so special how God called them out specifically. Now, think about these people. I mean, they may have fled their homes. They may have been basically refugees in foreign countries. Um, And yet God, through the Holy Spirit, had James write specifically to them. He hadn't forgotten about them. Um, He knew that they needed encouragement and he had this letter be written just for them. And I think that's so encouraging and so, so special. Um, And it encourages me and comforts me that God hasn't forgotten about me when I'm facing challenges, um, that he has given me his word to, to read and to find comfort and that he sees me no matter where I am and no matter what difficulties I may be facing. Um, I think it's really encouraging and really comforting to me. Yeah, I'm probably down a similar line, but just taking James personally, I mean, it's amazing that to me that God inspired James. And I think the the thing that we're taking away, what we've really picked up today is that James, and it's encouraging, is that James didn't always believe that he, he had major doubts as well, like many of us do. But through a period of time, he came to understand who Jesus was and to put his trust in him. And as we noted earlier, it amazes me that just in that short period of time that then God, through his Holy Spirit, inspires James, you know, this doubtful man uh, to write this uh, this epistle, this letter to these scattered believers, uh, to be an encouragement to them and to, uh, yeah, to just to be used by God in that way is just an amazing thing. And it reminds me that God can use us as well and he can use me. And so even when we have doubts, when we have questions, um, it doesn't matter. In in a short period of time, God can come and 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 change us and move in our lives. And that's that's a great thing. Hannah, what about you? Yeah, I think the thing that really stuck out to me was James' humility. Uh, it was a big challenge to me as we were reading even just this one verse um, and all the, the stuff about James from other parts of the Bible. Um, but really his humility and where he found his identity, he was a leader of the church and he was the brother of Jesus himself, which is a huge deal, um, as we've said, but he, he didn't make a big deal about that. Like he, he makes, he, he identified himself as a servant. He took this lowly position, um, because he understood who Jesus really was. He understood that Jesus is God. Um, and so it makes me think about how I identify myself, where I find my identity. Do do I find my identity and having what other people would think is a big deal, um, whether that be like a job uh, or maybe like designer clothes or having my life all put together. I think of like Instagram and social media and how like we just want everything to look perfect so often. Um, and is that where I find my identity or or do I find my identity and serving Jesus and making a big deal of him um, and that that's where I find my identity and and having that kind of humility. And I know the answer for me a lot of times, probably most of the time, would be the first one. <laughs> I find my identity and wanting to wanting what everybody else has and wanting to be what everybody else wants as a big deal. But it's a challenge to me um, that I need to find my identity in who Jesus is and in serving him and making a big deal of him in my life. Yeah, that's really helpful. Uh, thank you, Lydia and Hannah. And 
Daryl, who is with us in spirit, that is unable to contribute to this. Um, well, we really hope that you were able to do that along with us. Um, and so if you have been sitting around the table with us, figuratively speaking, um, how, has God, how has God's word affected your life today? Make sure and let us know uh, via our social media page. But I think for this episode, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening to the Connected Podcast. Um, but we have a challenge for you. Now we want you to go and study the Bible on your own. Um, so for the next time when we come back to do our next study on the book of James, we'd love you. If We would love it if you could read. We would love you. We do love you, but we would also love it we if you could you. read. Yes. James. Yes, of right, course. Go ahead. Yeah, so we would love you to read James chapter 1 and verses 2 through to 17, okay? That seems like a lot. Maybe you haven't read your Bible or haven't read even the Bible at all. That seems like a lot. It's really not. So James 2 or James 1 verses 2 to 17. James chapter 1 verses 2 to 17. And try using the three questions that we've looked at today as you study. So what does it say? What does it mean? And what is God saying to me? Then connect with us um, as you're learning Uh, using this inductive method uh, through our social media page. But we hope you've enjoyed joining with us on this week's episode. Tune in next time and we'll be dropping new episodes every Monday and Friday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And of course, don't forget to connect with us on our social media, which is at at connected.podcast, at connected.podcast. The Connected Podcast is brought to you by Child Evangelism Fellowship of Britain. Our opinions are our own and don't necessarily represent the organisation or any others we may mention. Have a great uh, weekend, I guess, and we'll talk to you soon.